Welcome back to Global Maritime News, the podcast, bringing you the most impactful news reports and analysis across the global shipping and supply chain industry over the past half week. I'm Levine, your host, and as of Thursday, the 24th of February, 10 p.m. Singapore time, these are the main stories. Starting off with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, we explore how this event could have wide-ranging impacts on shipping, global supply chains, ports, oil prices, and crewing. Moving on, hits on global supply chains are not slowing down anytime soon, as the fourth largest freight forwarder worldwide, Expeditors International, had to shut down all computer operating systems after a cyber attack. Moving on, in an update on the burning Roro car carrier, the Felicity Ace, burning off the coast of Portugal, rough weather and seas have prevented salvage operations from progressing. And later in the podcast, we cover how Norden is expanding into port logistics and how CMA-CGM has just launched its six-month trial on biofuel across 32 container ships right here in Singapore. Starting off with the biggest headline around the world is Russia's invasion of Ukraine. With reports of explosions around Ukraine as Russia launches military attacks from several fronts and the sending of Russian troops into four regions of Ukraine, it is vital to see how this will have wide-ranging impacts on shipping, supply chains, ports, oil prices, and crewing. According to Reuters, Ukraine's military has halted all activity in its commercial ports in the aftermath of the Russian invasion. Vessels currently in the terminals should seek to leave as soon as possible if it is deemed safe to do so, according to a note to clients from London-based maritime security firm Dryad Global. However, with port movements still officially halted, it may be difficult to obtain clearance to do so, according to ship managers monitoring the situation, as reported by Tradewinds. An additional risk factor is Russian reactions to any vessels also sailing in this area. Over in Russia, movement of commercial ships have been suspended in the Azov Sea until further notice, according to Reuters. The sea hosts shallow water ports of smaller capacity, and though it is not as large as main ports in the Black Sea, it is still an internal sea passage with access to the Atlantic Ocean, going through the Black, Marmara, Aegean, and Mediterranean seas, so it could still be important to some trades. In Odessa, several ships, including three container ships, have been stranded and unable to leave the port, with several video reports on Twitter showing the port of Odessa and the Ukrainian Navy base on fire, with almost all of their equipment, facilities, and ships destroyed by the Russian Navy, it is clear that some port facilities are still at risk. Markets were also quick to respond to the invasion with oil prices spiking while markets across Asia sank. Crude oil surged as the Brent touched $100 per barrel, the first time in seven years over concerns about Russia's energy exports. This 8% surge is a significant occurrence to pay attention to as it can add to inflationary pressures and continue to drive up costs of global supply chains. For financial markets, as of 12.30 p.m. Singapore time today, Thursday, Singapore's ST index was down nearly 3%. The surges in crude oil prices will affect bunker prices, as these soaring prices will be another setback for global shipping, which is still dealing with the far-reaching effects of COVID, such as widespread congestion, supply chain disruption, and the worst-ever human resource crisis. 
Now, rising bunker prices are also causing a major headache that is unlikely to be alleviated anytime soon. Furthermore, global commodity trading patterns could be potentially changed after today's invasion. Sanctions from the United States and Europe combined with the disruption of critical sea lanes will drastically alter commodity flows in the coming days and weeks. Among those sanctioned is the company leading the construction of the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline from Russia to Germany, as well as five ships belonging to the Russian container line FESCO. More Russian merchant ship sanctions are expected to be announced soon as well. Moving on, ship owners and managers are also bracing for massive seafarer shortages as a result of Russia's devastating invasion of Ukraine. Ship managers predict that getting thousands of crew in and out of Ukraine during the crisis will be difficult, and that sanctions will make it even more difficult for Ukrainian or Russian seafarers to be paid. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Ukraine has emerged as a key labor supply country, and over the last two years, officers and ratings from the country have filled the void left by difficulties in securing crew from Asia. In other news, the fourth largest freight forwarder in the world, Expeditors International, has shut down all computer operating systems after a cyber attack, which was disclosed on Sunday. The logistics giant manages freight movements by air, sea, and ground in over 300 locations worldwide, employing approximately 18,000 people. So this cyber attack could potentially place more pressure on already fragile supply chains. In a statement published on its website, Expeditors International stated that it currently has a limited ability to conduct operations including arranging freight shipments and managing customs and distribution activities. Commenting on the severity of cyber attacks on international logistics companies like Expeditors International was Jake Williams, a senior instructor at cybersecurity trading company Sands Institute. He shared that restoring systems after a cyber attack can be a fraught and complex process and that it usually takes a minimum of 48 to 72 hours to fully get back online. This cyber attack is the latest in a series of cyber attacks on the logistics industry. Hellman Worldwide Logistics in Germany was the victim of a cyber attack in December last year that resulted in a major data breach. Furthermore, a cyber attack that we covered back in January disrupted terminal operators at Mabinaft Group and Oil Tanking Group, both subsidiaries of fuel logistics provider Marquard and Balls. In an update to last episode's news of the burning Felicity Ace loaded with luxury cars, unfortunately rough seas and weather have delayed the salvage operation and has continued to burn for more than a week. Waves as high as 2.5 meters battered the coast of Fayal on Wednesday, a testament to the strong winds and rough weather. Earlier in the week, Russell Group, a leading risk modeling company, estimated that the fire could cause expected losses of at least 155 million US dollars out of a total dollar value of goods estimated to be 438 million US dollars for car brands including Porsche, Audi, and Lamborghini that have cargo loaded on the ship. Commenting on this analysis was Suki Bazi, managing director of Russell Group, who shared that the steep figures show the precariousness of global supply chains. 
This incident comes especially at a bad time for global car makers, who are in the middle of a supply chain crisis and trying to source for semiconductors, resulting in new delays for new cars. Moving on to some lighter news, Norden has expanded into the port logistics sector. The Danish ship owner and operator, who operates heavily in the dry bulk and product tanker segment, has entered a new business sector of port logistics. By confirming a deal with manganese mining company Comilog, a subsidiary of French mining group Euromet. Norden is responsible for establishing and operating a transshipment solution in Gabon, in Africa, under a 10 year agreement with a French manganese mining company with an investment of approximately $40 million. Commenting on Norden's first logistics service offerings was Norden's chief executive, Jan Rinbo, who shared that port logistics is an exciting new growth opportunity for them, as they are looking to take their business beyond a standard freight service to an innovative supply chain partner. The company also shared that Norden will be establishing a floating transfer station 40 kilometers away from the existing port in Gabon to allow for the use of Cape size vessels. Cargo will be transported from the port on barges to the floating transfer station. Cargo will be transported from the port on barges to the floating transfer transfer. Cargo will be transported from the port on barges to the floating transfer station where it will be then loaded onto vessels and then shipped to Asia. This new port logistics business will be managed by the newly established logistics and climate solutions team, which was announced in December 2021. And this team concentrates on delivering efficient and sustainable supply chain solutions by investing in selected port logistics. And moving on to our final story of today, CMA CGM has launched global biofuel trials. So under this trial, 32 container ships will be running on various biofuel blends, including very, very interestingly, waste cooking oil. So with the support of the Maritime Port Authority of Singapore, their first container vessel, the APL Paris, bunkered with biofuel yesterday, right here in Singapore. Their six-month global trial will involve up to 32 container ships running on various biofuel blends to measure carbon dioxide and nitrogen oxide emissions to obtain a trend analysis, which will then be shared with the respective flag administrations, including MPA Singapore. These trial vessels will serve a variety of trade lanes, including Asia South America, Asia Africa, and North Europe to North America, among others. So the French conglomerate has claimed that B24, a biofuel mix, can reduce carbon emissions by 21% as compared to traditional fuel options. This drop in fuel made from used cooking oil is completely compatible with modern ship engines and can be used on all vessel types without requiring any technical safety or design changes. So this really allows ships to begin reducing emissions as quickly as possible. As such, biofuel, along with alternative fuels such as LNG and biomethane, are expected to account for up to 10% of the company's energy mix by 2023. So that's really just next year, which is really, really great. Sharing more about this move was Stéphane Courquin, CEO of CMA CGM Asia Pacific, who shared that this global biofuel trial and bunkering in Singapore advances their energy transition, paving the way for biofuel to scale up as one of the solutions to decarbonize shipping. With the use of biofuels being assessed over multiple key trade lanes and onboard ships of various sizes, 
the company will gather a really comprehensive data set to verify the biofuel's performance as a marine fuel and gain insights into facilitating a wider adoption of biofuel as a clean fuel. And that is all for today's episode. Um, I hope that it was balanced. I understand that, you know, the Russian invasion of Ukraine is quite a heavy and sad topic to talk about, but I think it's so important to understand how sometimes these political events can still impact numerous industries, including our maritime and supply chain industry. So I hope that the topics were balanced to have a good overview of what was going on in the global shipping and supply chain industry over the past half week. And that is all for now. If you want to comment on this podcast and some of the topics we have covered, you can send us an email. The address is maritimenewspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Global Maritime News. So I'm Levine Tan, your host, and until next time, goodbye.